0: People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brother's Talk on Twitter, The Brother's Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. So here we are again, Brother's Talk family, and we're glad to be joining you in the car, the gym, the den, kitchen, beauty, or barbershop. In the backyard, on the corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. As always, we welcome our first-time listeners, and we're glad you're joining our worldwide family. We thank all of you for helping us to spread the word about how we lift up the critical thought process with enlightened conversations and how we promote new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. I'm going to be brief with our weekly COVID-19 reminder to get vaccinated, if you haven't already, or to stay vigilant and be sure to avoid both people in situations where you might be exposed. The whole country seems to be getting a little too lax with these latest variants, even though they are the most infectious yet. So I'm sticking with my mask. And please don't get distracted with the monkeypox thing. Yes, it may be serious, but it's not even an epidemic yet, much less a pandemic. And it's predominantly in the gay men's community, but it's not airborne, it's curable, and it's not deadly. So let's not take our eyes off of the deadly ball of coronavirus. And now a correction to a correction. For those of you listening on the last two episodes, you know that we had some confusion over the Congressional Commission to Study and Develop Reparation Proposals for African Americans Act. Because I said that it didn't pass and that it hadn't made it out of committee, and Scott and Norm thought that it had. I looked it up and saw the headline that said H.R. 40 passes, and I issued a correction last week. A little background on the bill known as H.R. 40, which was first introduced by the late great Michigan Congressman John Conyers back in 1989 and reintroduced by him in every session for 30 years before he retired in 2009. And then it was taken up by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas until it came up finally for a vote out of committee in April of 2021. So the headline screamed H.R. 40 passes, and we decided to keep track of who was on the commission and what they were doing. Well, not so fast. Turns out the only thing that it passed was out from committee, and it still hasn't been put up for a House vote, much less the Senate, even though it has 196 sponsors in the House. So there you go. The feckless Dems and the worthless Congressional Black Caucus are even worse than we thought. The bill is now under the House Judiciary Committee for review. I really don't know what else to say. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah.
1: Hey, thanks Rod, thanks for uh, sharing that bit of updated information. Uh, you know, I, I often wonder why is it that black businesses, people aren't supporting black businesses. And and um, we're constantly talking about support black businesses and, and people keep talking about how everybody wants to support black businesses, but, for some reason, it's not happening. I had an experience uh, last week um, after uh, getting out of the pool. There was a woman there who teaches uh, uh, aerobic classes and cycling classes at the pool. And and we were all talking outside of, um, after the classes. And she started complaining about the fact that she is a business owner. And, you know, the struggles that she go through and uh, Black people don't want to help her and all that kind of stuff. And as we talked, you know, I said to her, one of the problems that Black people have is Black business owners. They just think that just because I'm a Black business and you are Black, you're supposed to help me, you're obligated to help me and to patronize me. And um, that's just not the approach that we should be having. Yeah, we want to support Black businesses, but you got to give us reasons to support you also not just because you're black and uh another thing the virus i don't know what to think right now and i you know I, I keep hearing cdc and fauci talking about how serious you know uh the virus is but at the same time there are non-scientists and non-doctors who are defying the doctors and the researchers and they are not being uh they're, they're not taking it seriously. and they, they haven't taken the the shot. They haven't they haven't been vaccinated, and they haven't gotten the virus. Uh, if they got it, they didn't have an, a real adverse effect. So it's kind of uh, kind of confusing right now. Noah? thanks, Scott. And I just
2: wanted to follow up since you mentioned black businesses. I had the same discussion this week with a, a friend and we were talking about a a black owned restaurant and the food is excellent, everything's great. The service is terrible. And it's terrible to the point where we don't even wanna go there anymore because it's just that bad. And the the one thing I just wanna follow up with what you said, you still have to compete. Just because you have a black business, people aren't gonna come there just because you're black. You have to compete with all the other restaurants that are out there, all the other options. So please, we keep putting emphasis on just supporting Black businesses, but the Black businesses have to also compete for that dollar, Rod.
0: So let's do a pivot here, because, you know, we had a topic that we were going to talk about, about uh, these greatest of all time lists. But I think the topic that Scott raised and Norm, you commented, I think it's a good one for us to kick around here, because while I agree in principle with both of you, I also want to raise the question, though, that with the other underrepresented communities they will effectively support their businesses regardless. And we talked on one of our very first podcasts about the need to try to help Black business owners to get better and at the same time continue to support them. So how do we address this? Because we know, like I said, when we see the Asian Indian businesses and when we see the Mexican restaurants, and when we see the Chinese restaurants and so forth, we know that they support those restaurants, win, lose, or draw, and we are indeed more selective. But do we do that to our own detriment? You know, um, when I was talking about that, and
1: you're right, Rod. When I when uh, when I was talking about that, I was uh, the the woman is. Um, she is going after government contracts and and what I said to her and, and I told her, you know this is something that happens uh, across most industries uh, black it's okay to reach out to somebody that you think can help you uh because they're black, and they may be in a position they may or may not be in a position or you may perceive that they're in a position to help you, but just because they're black doesn't mean. That they don't know you from Adam. You haven't developed a relationship with them. And that's what I was saying in this later. I was like, you know, you got to develop relationships with people. Uh, why would somebody go out on a limb or or risk losing their job or going to jail to give you some information that's going to help your business? And they don't even know you. They just met you. And you and you just came up to them and said, Hey, I'm I'm, you know, Sally Sue, and I have this company. And you know, uh, you should help me get a contract because you know we, we sisters. You know, we but and and that's the kind of approach that they be they have. You know, they just come off. They don't say it exactly like that, but and it's like and I said, hey, people are obligated, and you're putting unnecessary pressure on uh, black people when you approach somebody like that, and then uh, there's no compensation or whatever for them. It's just that I need you to help me just because I'm black. And I'm
0: like, why should they? You didn't so, build, You you haven't developed a relationship with them or nothing. So I hear, hear your statement there, Scott. But then I have to, again, ask the question. Other communities, that's exactly what they do. They help them just because. And so how do we get to the other side of that where I realize that, you know, and it makes perfect sense to us because that's the way we've been oriented, but are we doing ourselves a disservice by not being oriented toward the idea that we ought to be helping other people just because they're Black?
2: Well, right. actually, you know, with the dollars today, people have so many choices. Even even right. in the Black community, several different types of Black restaurants all over. Yeah, You have to compete in a service industry. You have to make people happy and satisfied with their purchase. If you're not doing that and the level of service then you cannot compete regardless. Exactly. And
0: but I, and so, think- but, but so let me just hit that then, because I'm still saying that in essence, we're putting all the onus then on the business owner. And what responsibility do we have? Cause we did talk about how we have not had the same level of access and experience in running a lot of these businesses. And so we can oftentimes fall on our faces because of that lack of expertise and so at what point and and I'm and I'm literally just asking the question out loud because I'm thinking about it as we're talking about it at what point do we have some obligation as just as I said as those people who get those people who coming to them for help what obligation do they have to help because they're black and what obligation do we have as consumers to say we need to help these people who run these businesses because they're black?
1: Well, you know, I think I think that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm just going to say for me and for my experiences and what I've seen, it depends on the kind of business. So say when I hear about a black restaurant, somebody opened up a new black restaurant and uh, most of the time, you know, they're going to give positive reviews about it. I, I go I try to go check it out. Me and my family. You know, most businesses that I go to, if I see a lot of black people in there, I ask them, are you black owned? You know, I want to know because I want to support you. But still, in some situations, and some, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying, Rod. We do have to take the onus and that's what we want people to support black businesses. But it can't be one-sided. Uh, you can't, you know, you got to be present as a black business. You got to be present in our communities. You also uh, like I said, it depends on the kind of business. If you're in into a contracting field and I don't know you and I don't know nothing about you and I just met you, uh, I can't put my reputation, I don't care who you are, whether you're Black, Indian or whatever, until we develop a relationship. And that's what I meant. They, you know, it's not just, we can't just be one-sided. You got to uh, reach out and develop a relationship with the person who, can help you take your business to where you want to go where you want, want it to go and at the same time you know if it's a restaurant or service type business the business owner there's some onus on them to go out there to develop relationships with that community uh with the people who are going to be patronizing them uh, so i you know i think it's cut both ways
0: well see i agree with you but I'm also wondering, like I said, you, you said it shouldn't be one way, but it sounds like it's one way if we're saying that it's up to the person to have to establish the relationship with the person. What responsibility does the person who could help have to say, "I want to, I want to establish this relationship with you because you're another black person"? Because well, that's, that's that's that to me is what I'm, I'm hearing. Like you know, on the one side, like okay, if I'm coming to you for help then it's up to me to establish a relationship. But what is your responsibility to say that I want to help you because you're black? Now, granted, I'm not what? saying that you don't you help them regardless of, or that you ignore you do it blindly. But I'm just saying, d- doesn't it have to work both ways?
1: Well, you have to, you know,
0: and, and, and I'm thinking about from the government
1: perspective, that you know, you're doing government contracting. You know, when you got so many people coming after that per, that one black person, you got a lot of a lot of people Black, white,, age, everybody's coming after that person because that person is the decision maker. So I can't just say, you know what? Because you're, you're not the only black person coming after me. There are a lot of different black people. There are a lot of different people coming after that particular person. So in that particular place, that particular case situation, it's incumbent on the business owner, in my opinion, to, hey, you, it's like Ro No I'm said. it's competition you got to go out there and you got to sell yourself and you got to develop a relationship with me because you want something from me I, I don't necessarily i'm gonna i'll help you once you develop we develop a relationship and I, and I trust you i know that you can deliver i'm not gonna put myself out here if you don't deliver that's what happened with the obama uh, affordable care act you
0: and know, I, do, I i do understand that but i'm still stuck on the point of that if you're in a position to be able to help, then shouldn't there be some onus on your side, whether it's government or anything else, to basically say that, you know what, I really want to send the signal out, if I, you know, I guess for Black and better term, that, that just like all these years, all these whites and others who were summarily excluding people who look like us from opportunities that we have an opportunity to say, okay, well, I'm going to try to get as many of us in here. I like, grant, I'm not going to throw right. caution to the wind and say, well, you know what, whether you qualify or not, I'm saying that there's enough folks out there to qualify, but I'm saying there's too many folks in positions of power who are not trying to help. They're trying to basically do everything, but it's almost like they're like, they used to talk about those black cops, in LA that they were harder on the, the black people in the community than the white cops. Cause they wanted to prove to the white cops that they didn't play favorites. And so well, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking.
1: Well, see, I'm looking at it from uh, a, a different perspective. I'm looking, I'm looking at it from, a, you know, just the experience that, you know, you know, you know, I've had an exposure that I've had when I'm yeah. we talk, government contract i see what you're saying and yeah the preference is hey can i find a black contractor can i find that's what people hey do you know anybody black you know the people do that but i'm going to tell you time and time again i know so many people that got burnt this one guy he always saying to me you know I i know this but, but i don't know it. you know because they get burned every time I think I'm putting myself out there. But that's not the issue. You can't stop putting yourself out there. To, to me, there gotta be a it's, a it's a balance. Because the way you're saying is just because I'm in a particular position, uh I should just be reaching out and be willing, I want to help you because you're black. And that's probably true. And I probably feel like that, feel that way too. But you also gotta, if you take a look at the people who've been locked up especially when it comes to government contract, the people who've been locked up the most is black folks. They're, they're scrutinizing and monitoring and watching. So you got to cross all your I's and all your T's. So people are like, hey, I don't want to put myself in any jeopardy. I can't, you know, for you and I don't even know you. That's why I keep saying people got to develop a relationship because I'm not putting myself in jeopardy to go to jail and lose my job because you're black and you think I should help you and I want to help you. But you got to show me why I need to help you.
0: But now that, you're not saying that just the, because now just because the most of the folks that are locked up, you're not implying that we're the ones who are committing most no, of the fraud no, out there. No, no, no. Right, I okay.
1: We're the ones that are being watched the most. Right. That's what. That's what. That's what I said. That's what's happening.
0: Yeah, and as I said, I, and I'm not saying like, I'm never saying you know throw caution to the wind and just take every black person in. Period. I'm, but I, but I guess what I am saying is. How do we get to the place where we can throw off some of those shackles of enslavement that we don't have the ability to work and trust one another and help each other like these other communities who keep leapfrogging ahead of us, because we know exactly how the Indian community works. We know exactly how the Hispanic community works, And we know that that's what they're doing. They basically Put all in. And so they all work together to try to get those people into those positions and get those businesses and whatnot. And we fail to do that for right. a number of reasons. But like I'm just saying, that there, as you said, there's got to be a balance. And I'm saying, how do we strike the balance? Because we're yeah. missing that. We're missing yeah.
2: that tremendously. That's, we really strike a balance by having business organizations in our community where everyone can come together, the consumer and businesses, small businesses and what have you, and have these discussions. Because that's really what's not taking place. We're not having these discussions amongst ourselves.
1: That's that's true, Norm. Um, We're not, and and the people who are in, representing us aren't. The people that, that, that most people look to for leadership, I don't even know who that would be. It's definitely not Kamala Harris. So right now in the black community, who, who who are folks looking to in terms of leadership in the black community?
0: That is a great question. And we will leave it there because we think of organizations that should be doing that, like the African-American Chamber of Commerce and the Congressional Black Caucus should be teeing up programs like that and even some of the other government programs that are trying to represent underrepresented companies. But uh, we tell us your ideas. Send us in and let us know if we're on the right track and what are your thoughts around how we can do more of this. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Kelly Eiffel, a former math teacher who created a digital hub to combat the racial wealth gap in banking for Black small business owners. Eiffel's digital community bank, Guava, is on a mission to help black small business owners gain access to capital by providing equitable financial products with services like checking credit and soon savings guava offers black entrepreneurs lower barrier loans that use alternative data sets to evaluate risk while working in the venture capital sector after receiving an mba from columbia business school Eiffel realized how difficult it could be for Black entrepreneurs to raise money through the earliest rounds of fundraising, known as the friends and family round. With fewer banks in predominantly Black zip codes, studies show roughly 46% of Black adults are unbanked or underbanked. The findings highlight how much harder it is for Black residents to build credit or secure a mortgage or business loan. With Guava, Eiffel is reshaping online banking for Black business owners by providing financial support and creating a pipeline to build social capital. The Guava app connects Black entrepreneurs, providing a safe space to create investment networks. It also serves as a hub where Black entrepreneurs can seek mentors and peers. That's a wrap for another program. And God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your, your interest as well as your time, and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, remember let's do better today because that's all we really have.